Hello, and welcome to Mama Wisdom. Today, we are focusing on a series of birth stories. So you'll be hearing stories from real mamas, and papas, and doulas, and a whole range of people who have been present during the birth of a child. Hello, everybody. My name is Travis Mango Berry, and uh, I'm here to tell you guys about my birthing story. Um, first off, I'd like to go ahead and start by, you know, whenever we first found out, because that was just like the initial energy shift of it all. And, you know, whenever you initially find out that you have somebody like, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's different for, for the women because they actually have somebody growing inside of them. But whenever I found out that I, you know, I, I created something uh, like someone, I, um, it, it kind of just, I had a snapping moment inside of my head. And I don't know if it's due to hormones or, or, or what, what really um, affects that, but it's just everything shifted for me, my thought process. And it, it's crazy to kind of go back and, and look how um, people are, I guess, uh, in an animalistic way, because it's like whenever I, I first heard that, it, it was just my whole attention, my thought process kind of shifted into um, kind of protection mode almost like. I need to, you know, I need to be there. I need to start doing this and that and, and everything. And it, it, it definitely, it definitely kind of put me in a, in a different thought process. I, everything from then on was like super protective, super, you know, anything that I did was to protect, um, you know, my, my lady at the time who was carrying the child and everything besides that was to set up for my kid who was going to be arriving soon. And, you know, I wasn't really looking at that um, at, at that time, but looking back at it now, it was just, you go through these different stages of, of your, your mind and your energy shifting. And a lot of it is just really, really, you know, animalistic is the best way to explain it. Cause I just think of uh, if I was, you know, a tribe, member way back in the day before we had all these technologies and everything all i wanted to do was go out and hunt and gather that's all i that's all i wanted to do and it was um it was very very i guess strenuous on the um on the relationship because i would you know just be i, I guess i would just be concentrating a lot on on what i could do to gather and um, that that's definitely, uh, yeah, that was a huge struggle for me because, you know, we, a lot of the times the best thing to do is just to be there and uh, be in the present moment. But yeah, my, my hormones were definitely going off and going crazy. And I didn't really realize it until my ex and her friend um, kind of brought it to my awareness because they started uh, teasing me one day and, you know, it kind of triggered me a little bit, but I was I was having fun with it, too. And they said that um, I was getting sympathy, sympathy um, emotions. And I was like, there is no way, you know, that's, that's not happening. I, I didn't, I didn't quite get it. And, you know, I finally realized that it was actually happening, you know, because I'm connecting with um, this person on a spiritual level, on a emotional level, on a relationship level. And I'm catching, um, you know, my, my partner's, I guess, vibrations at that time. And those vibrations were definitely affecting me on an energetic level. So whenever she was having morning sickness, it was even to the point where I was upset with my stomach and um, I was actually having troubles in the mornings. 
and it, it was just crazy to um I guess see us connect that much on a level and I was having like these weird little emotional breakdowns at certain points just as she would and um honestly I just thought it was because I was stressed out that a child was coming into my life and I had to get all these things done but it, it's it's not quite that it's it's just um with pregnancy and with um you know just, just starting out a family you know it, you're combining your energy with somebody else to create a new life form and whenever you have your energy like invested with somebody else like that then your connection with them is is just way beyond what we have realized before and that's why we have those uh, that's why you know psychologists scientists are are looking at it and they're and they're seeing you know sympathy pains they're seeing sympathy emotions and it's definitely you know it, it it's, it's crazy to think about but whenever you look at it at a spiritual level and and really realize the amount of energy that you 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 put into that it's it makes a lot of sense because a lot of people believe you know gratitude and sexual energies are the two strongest energies out there like if you if you put positive uh, light and positive intentions towards gratitude and sexual energies then a lot of stuff is going to shift a lot of you know a lot of stuff is going to start happening in your life differently so yes with um our energies kind of combining and everything with okeanos and uh, just the whole conception and everything I was just kind of thrown off and uh, I didn't really realize it but um, fast forward a couple months and everything Sheila Quay is getting bigger and, and she's a lot more limited and um, she was kind of uh, kind of getting um, these emotions because I was getting in more and more shape throughout the, the pregnancy because of my determination I um, once once I once I figured that out I just kind of took every aspect of my life and, and started perfecting it, trying to perfect it and perfect it. And so a lot of the, uh, like a lot, a lot of that kind of limitation on her side affected the, um, the emotions and everything on her side. So, cause she wasn't able to go out and work out as hard and she wasn't able to, you know, do, do all the things that I was, you know, doing at the time. So um, with that, it's just kind of, it was, it was really hard for us. And it was hard for me because I, I got this new energy that I, I really just wanted to go out and conquer. And, you know, from, from the male aspect of it, whenever you have that shift of bringing a child into your, into your life, you're going to have those hormonal kind of instincts of go out and conquer it's just kind of how we are are wired as 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 people and you know if you can understand that you can kind of take a step back from it and really work on the relationship um you know just just with that thought in mind and it, it, it will help out a lot and if not if you're just like too i guess blasted into going at, at least both of you can kind of sit down and and realize that you know because we as people we're still connected to ourselves whenever we were, you know, more animal than person. And so you'll get those moments where, you know, the, the male is just like, he's doing all these things that, you know, the, uh, the female can't do because she's pregnant. She's holding a child. It might not be safe, might not be okay, you know, for her to do. And that, that definitely kind of causes a weird strain and a weird kind of energy right there. But, 
what really helped me out get through that and what really helped us out as a couple to get through that was just realizing how animalistic the whole pregnancy process is and how how much it affects your hormones and everything because it really does affect every part of your hormones as a male and we don't realize it and um, I mean because because you you look at society today that there's people who you know they'll impregnate a woman and you know hopefully this doesn't happen too often hopefully we don't see this but they'll impregnate a woman and then they'll leave and jet out and so it kind of like situations like that can put out the belief that you know we're not as connected to the uh, pregnancy process the whole birthing process but we are so much more connected than we realize and it is insane uh fast forwarding more to um the night where Okeanos was born I'd like to touch up on that. We're, uh, we're there at the hospital and, you know, everything is just super energetic. I have no idea what's going on. You know, I'm trying to be there to support. There's doctors everywhere and they're just doing all sorts of different things. I had no idea what I could be doing. So all I, all I could do really was just be there at, at her bedside and kind of let all of our family and friends know what's going on. And um, actually that night was, uh, it was kind of crazy because we, I was just calling all of my friends, letting them know what was going on. And next thing you know, there's 30, 35, you know, somewhere in between 30 to 40 people in the um, waiting rooms, just there to support the, the birthing of the baby. So there was, there was a lot of high energy and um, yeah, it was, it was almost like really hard to handle from my perspective because I had all these people here and I was personally at the, uh, the point in time where I was just trying to reflect on, you know, what could I, what I could be doing. And I, I wasn't doing anything pretty much. And it was, it was hard. It was really, really hard because all these other people are handling situations for me. And as a male with that kind of animalistic, you know, feeling inside, I guess, animalistic hormones kind of coming out, you want to kind of like take over the situation. You want to make sure everything is handled and, it can definitely have an effect on, you know, just the whole night in general. So I finally got to this point where it was probably about an hour before the baby was coming. And I just kind of like let go of everything because I was really stressed out. I, I had no clue what I could be doing. There was nothing that I could be doing. I just let go of everything. And um, that's whenever, you know, she started dilating more and, you know, it's really, really started kind of coming along. And so um, I started getting scared and um, next thing you know the doctors are coming in to deliver the baby and it was just an intense moment to one watch somebody that you really really love and really really care for and and hold and hold space for going through all this pain and all this you know just this this intense moment you know you you just wish you could take the pain away you just wish you know you could be there to help like more than what you are right now at that moment and so it just started triggering me and triggering me and I, I was just very tightened up and kind of stren uh, strenuous I guess to that fact and then with all the worries of you know if the baby's going to be okay in the process it was just definitely um, definitely stressful so if there's ever a time in the birthing process where you know you're looking at your man and he's being a goober for some dang reason just remember, you know, I, I know like the, the woman is going through so much more, but from the male's perspective, 
all we want to do is we want to be there to to be the uh, you know the empowering force to be the uh, the force that takes care and holds and you know really keeps the situation going in like perfection and like whenever that that situation is out of our hands completely it can it can be weird and we could we could do silly things i guess so um definitely watch out for that but just know that uh your man's there and that he's trying to help out and (laughs) even though he might not be much to any help at all he's as long as he's there i guess so you get to that situation and um you know watching okeanos being born coming into this life coming into this world watching his form you know step out of the uh, the the cocoon of his mother and just enter this world it was um it was it was weird and interesting in the fact that whenever i started to see him the um, emotions everything inside just the, the energy it was intense intense and then he like whenever he was delivered the energy just almost vanished and like left my shoulders everything like there was just nothing else there but love and it was it was interesting it was intense like it's hard to explain almost because I had all this tightening this strenuous tightening and you could I don't know whenever he was here it just took took it all away and all, all that was left was love and um the, the hospital that I was at was actually really a, a blessing because they, um, they're really into uh, spiritual practices and everything. So what they did first was, um, you know, of course, my, uh, my lady at the time, she was there with her shirt off and everything. And so they, the first thing that they did was skin to skin. And I knew, I know how important that is for um, the baby latching on for breastfeeding and for the baby just to attach to the mother and everything. But that's whenever the doctor turned to me and he said, take your shirt off. And um, I took my shirt off and we pulled the, uh, the other bed in the room closer and I laid down and um, they took the baby off of her and cut the, we cut the umbilical cord and, and did all that. And then they took the baby and cleaned them up and, they said that they were going to do skin to skin for me. And I didn't really understand why, but whenever they took my child and and set him on my chest, I could immediately feel this heart to heart connection. And that right there was just, it it was insane. Like that was my child. That was my energy right there that created that, that created a, a whole new, you know, a whole new combination of energy, a whole new spirit, a whole new being, you know? And, and so it was, it was intense because immediately whenever he touched my chest, I could feel us exchanging energies and I could feel him connecting with me and I could feel myself connecting with him. And I think in the birthing process, skin to skin is one of the most important processes of all. It's one of the most important things you could do because we all will develop an emotional connection with our, our child and these hormones and, and, you know, these different animalistic behaviors that, that come from, you know, raising a child and having a family, you know, these will all kind of mess with the emotions and develop emotions, emotions in their own way. But to immediately get that energetic spiritual connection with your child, that is to me the most important thing that you could do as a male and the birthing process because one it opened my mind to the fact 
of of what I created, what what we had, you know, or not what I created, what we created as a couple, you know, and what we have right there. And it just put everything into perspective. And whenever it came time to go home and be with the baby and, you know, really get everything going and taken care of, you know, it, it kind of helped me take a, take a couple of moments, take some moments throughout the day to step back and actually be with him fully in the present because I've talked to different fathers and I've heard them say this multiple times whenever you know the baby's born um, you can you can often kind of space yourself away from your partner and that that can cause so many different things like postpartum depression you know whenever you're just you have this space in between you and your partner and you and your child because you're still in that mode of conquer and take care and just go out there and bring back, gather, you know, hunt, just all that, you know, you're not concentrating on what's really important, which is your child, your loved one, just everything that is there in the present moment. So skin to skin kind of brings you to that present moment. You know, whenever I was skin to skin with my child, I was feeling the energy, I was feeling the love. And I wasn't worrying about what I could gather, what I could hunt for, what I could bring back. And it, it just, yeah, I, I took that home with me. I, I still take it everywhere with me today. I go out and I work and I gather and I hunt. But at the same time, whenever it comes time in the afternoon to, to come grab him from his babysitter and just have daddy baby time, like I am fully there with my daddy baby time. Like I, there's nothing else to worry about. I could go home. I can be like, I've gathered, I have hunted for what I can for the day. Now it is time to just love. And I can be with the love and, you know, it, it, it kind of makes the whole situation a lot better in that, in that aspect. Um, on top of that, um, I, don't, I don't know if there's really much more that I, I, I wanted to touch up on for, for that. But yeah, just most important, just be there, pay attention to your emotions and your hormones and just the different levels of uh, what's going on inside of you because it is easy it is so easy I've done it and I've seen so many fathers do it to where you are in that situation and you're letting those hormones and those animalistic behaviors kind of dictate the relationship and dictate what you do whenever you don't have to you can take a step back from that really just that's where separating yourself from your ego kind of steps in and you can truly be yourself your love if, if you are though if you if, if you're a male and you're you're in that situation or if you're a female and you're watching you know that situation one if you're a female definitely show them show your hubby uh whoever your partner show show them your um th this podcast kind of show them this perspective you know let them know like you know it's okay that you're you're behaving this way because you know it's it's hormonal it's animalistic and you know that'll create a positive separation from those behaviors and, you know, it'll, it'll make it easier for your husband and, and for yourself, if you are the male, um, to kind of, you know, separate yourself, because that is the most important thing that you could do. If you just have an eye on those behaviors, then it'll kind of almost create a barrier between them. And, and it'll be a lot easier for you to just be in the present moment for your wife, for your relationship's sake, for, you know, the relationship with your, with your wife, with your child, just all that, you know, you, you can be there presently. So um, that's pretty much all I had to touch up on.
And, um, you know, if you, if you enjoy what I said and if you enjoy my perspectives and everything, I have just uh, launched a, a Facebook group and I, I would love for you to come and check it out, take a glance at it and, and look at more of my uh, content. It's, it's called the uh, Tribe of Truth Spiritual Community. You can look it up on Facebook. You can look up Travis Mango Berry on Facebook and find it from there. But um, yeah, big thanks to Chandra Jot for bringing me on here and letting me talk and letting me give the uh, male's perspective on birthing because a lot of the times us as males can kind of look as, as kind of like chauvinistic almost because we are not fully there. But, you know, if you look at it in a hormonal kind of perspective, it's it's a lot different you know you could you could really kind of look at the whole situation a lot differently so thank you so so much chandra hot chandra dot apologies for letting me um come on here and, and speak my uh speak my point of view for anyone listening in the boulder county area i want to share a wonderful resource with you it is a location called the mother's center it is in Boulder, and when I was living there and pregnant, I it was such a great resource for me. I met lots of great mamas at their pregnancy circles and postpartum circles and meditation events, and uh, I reached out and found some great doulas and midwives and lots of knowledgeable people who live and breathe pregnancy and childbirth. So if you are from the Boulder County area, please look them up and get involved in any of their amazing events. You can find more information about them at themothercenter.org or you can find them on Facebook. Okay. Hi, my name's Susie. I live in the United Kingdom. I'm a mother of two. I've got a girl, which is my firstborn and a son who's my second born. So for my first two labors were normal. They both came out um, with the cords around their neck. Um, my son had a tougher time because he actually was blue in the mouth when he came out and they had to um, massage him for a bit because he didn't come out crying. Um, the experiences that I had for both of those two pregnancies, 10 years apart, were very different. Um, my daughter's pregnancy, I was induced because my waters broke. Um, so that's why I was induced. And it was a quick labor and she was quite tiny. So to me, having my daughter really didn't feel like an, a birth like it did with my son the second time round. Um, because she was tiny and they had an ipsiotomy where they cut me slightly to remove her out quicker. And it all happened so quickly. And anyway, she arrived safe, even though she had the cord and she was a bit distressed, but she was crying when she came. With my son, um, they had to break my waters. I'd already gone into labor and I had the show. Um, but they had to prods along the pregnancy by breaking my waters. And then um, it was shorter from what I remember from my daughter's one, but I, it felt like I was giving birth or experiencing birth the first time because I actually felt everything, <laughs> which I didn't feel the first time around with my daughter. I didn't feel like the, the, the expansion of, you know, of the lady, our, our Yoni. 
So I didn't feel that and with my daughter. Um, and yeah, it was more of a, it was more of a struggle because he was eight pounds something to push to push him out. Um, right, my third pregnancy is something that I would like to focus on more today because it's not heard about unless it happens to you, um, which was what happened in my case. So at the time I was married to my son's father, um, which I'm now divorced from. So it would have been my third child. It was my second child with him. Um, I always, for some reason, show up late in my um, urine samples, urine tests. So this pregnancy, the third one, I found out I was nearly three months gone because um, I felt pregnant, but I didn't, it, I wasn't showing in my urine samples. So by the time that I'd have had arranged, they'd arranged for me to go and do my scan, I was nearly coming up to three months. Um, when I went for my three month scan, I'd had a, a, a dream that I had miscarried and I didn't feel happy in myself. And I, I said to my partner at the time that I'd had this dream that I'd miscarried. And I was seeing all these mums, you know, coming away with their pictures and I just felt doom that day for some reason. Um, I went in with my, with my partner at the time. They put the gel, it's getting ready to check on the scan for the heartbeat and everything like that. But they couldn't find a fetus. So um, I remember at the time that my ex was saying silly little jokes like, oh, is the baby hiding and things like that to make to cut, you know, thin, thin the, the atmosphere. But they kept looking and looking and there was no fetus. So they told me that they would be contacted, that I had a choice of either having a natural miscarriage or that I could come in for day surgery and have it removed because I had a placenta, I had um, a, a, a sac, um, but there was no fetus present in my in my room. So then they started talking to me about some information about what is called a molar pregnancy, which is quite common, and it's not unheard of, but obviously. I'd never knew about it. And because my urine samples were showing that I had, um, I think it was my liver, liver was producing to something that was too high or my hormones were showing too high, which meant that I could also be at risk of getting cancer from this type of pregnancy. If it wasn't, um, you know, looked at and, because it's in the bloodstream and the placenta, blah, blah, blah. So in the end, I had to attend this um, meeting at a hospital, which deals with this kind of thing, which is quite popular. And a molar pregnancy is basically when, in my case, my chromosomes were missing from my partner's chromosomes. So I had, I think it's 12 of his and 12 of mine or something. Uh, it's going back to 2010 this is now so I can't remember properly but his chromosomes were, were there but mine were missing and because mine were missing all that I had was a cluster of cells that had grown that had formed um, but I felt pregnant and I had everything set up for the baby but the fetus wasn't developed so in the end um, it can also happen 
the molar pregnancy can also happen the other way around. So the woman's chromosomes are missing, um, which was my case. So you could also have the men's chromosomes missing and have just the females um, chromosomes there, or you can have an overpopulation of chromosomes, um, which can also cause the same thing. So um, these are what they call molar. I think I, I think they called it molar because of the shape, these cl clusters of cells. And uh, like I said, because the um, my hormone levels were high, I was at risk that could possibly lead to cancerous cells. So they had for for about six months or five months, I had to do. Um, samples urine samples and blood samples and then when when it came back down normal i just had to do urine samples i went to the hospital um to talk about this and if this is something that would repeat again if i was to become you know expect another child could i still try for another child and there were stories of you know other women in my position at the time who had already gone through something similar a molar pregnancy some had also to have chemotherapy because it showed some kind of cancerous um, cells in there, which they don't want to be passed onto the bloodstream. So some cases were a bit more serious than others. Um, but overall, the, I had all the information given to me. Um, and they said that if I ever chose to have another child again, that I just have to let the professionals, health professionals know that I'd gone through this before. And they will take extra care, obviously, of the next one. Um, but there's nothing stopping, um, you know, us ladies from having another normal pregnancy. It was just something that was a defect from the beginning from from our chromosomes, not obviously um, either not being being absent or or too many. So in my case, mine were absent. So I only had the man's. Um, chromosomes there to develop the fetus. Um, so in, in the end, I opted to have day surgery, and then that's when they examined it and said what it was, blah blah blah. Um, so yeah, so basically that was my experience of my third, um, you know, third pregnancy, which didn't happen, and it was still quite, you know, quite upsetting um, because I was already kind of like getting used to the idea that I was going to be a mum again, getting things ready. Um, so, you know, there's still some grieving involved um, and, uh, you know, all the questions, why did this happen and all that. But um, I just thought I'd share that because it, it, it is it is something that happens that you don't you're not aware about. Um, and it is something that can happen to anyone. It's not it's not like um, dependent on age or diet or anything like that or lifestyle. It's just something that happened. Um, so I thought I would share that with, with you today. Um, so that's, that, that's basically, that's my story, my mama story. If you have a story that you'd like to share, please email me at mamawisdompodcast at gmail.com, or you can find me on Facebook. I'm Chandra Jote Coates. Reach out to me anytime for anything.